They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast. And uh, we are back to cover Power, Power Book 2 Ghost, Season 2, Episode 6. And the episode is called uh, What's Free. Uh, I hope everyone, you know, had a, a, a happy holiday and a happy new year and everything like that. How are you doing, Richard Bailey Jr.? Did you have a good one? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I have a little bit of a sinus uh, issue right now, but I'm I'm okay. Happy to start a new year. I hope everyone had a happy new year and definitely stay safe because uh, there's a lot of things going on right now with this, uh, you know, these variants. So be careful. Oh yeah, yeah. There were there were definitely a, a lot of scares and 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 things like that. It wasn't even just like the COVID. There's a lot of like flus and infections in general going around. So uh, I hope everyone's feeling okay. I hope, you know, I hope uh, every, all of our listeners are well and, uh, you know, in, in not, not in bad shape. Um, and how about you, Dana? How are you feeling and how was your holiday? Um, my holiday was good. Uh, I, I ate and went to sleep, so it was very successful. Uh, I'm happy to talk about power and to rejoin everyone once again. Awesome. That's that's Dana Abercrombie right there. Good to have you back. Um, So, yeah, we are all back to to cover power. It was a two-week break. I know a lot of people, you know, they, they were missing the show. Like, we got loads of comments on the last episode, like, all through the holiday and everything. So, we know... You know, you guys were missing power just as much as we were. And we are very excited to now be back to talk about the next episode and what an episode it was. You know, like, uh, this this is crazy. Like, so much happened in episode six. Um, and, you know, we are going to get, we, we're going to talk about some of our takeaways here first. And then we'll get to our questions segment in which we're going to, you know, discuss the episode in more depth. Um, I just want to remind everyone, if you enjoy, you know, listening to the, this show, please consider hitting the like button. Please also consider subscribing to the channel and hitting the bell icon so you get notified when there is a new episode. Um, and yeah, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon, you know, anywhere you could think to get podcasts. The show is there also. So definitely, uh, you know, check out those platforms as well if you're more of an audio listener. But we're going to get right ahead into Mr. Richard Bailey Jr.'s takeaways from this episode now. Um, So, Richard, let us know your thoughts on episode six, What's Free of Power Book 2 Ghost. Well, let me start off by saying that uh, my client, Tariq St. Patrick, is free for right now. Uh, (laughs) We'll see. But uh, let me start by saying, yeah, this was a great episode. I mean, it... uh, as you alluded to, and as Dana mentioned before we started recording, there's a lot of detail in this episode from start to finish. Um, so I have a, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get into a lot more discussions about some of the questions, but my, I have three takeaways that I'll, that I'll focus on. Okay. First and foremost, uh, we know that Lorenzo has returned. 
And this was the episode where you got to see him take full control. You saw him establish that Drew is actually the person who he wants to take over for him. And they have this whole dynamic of Drew and Kane back and forth because, you know, Kane was doing his thing. And, of course, you can see that he's trying to control his father, saying that he has the connect, but he doesn't want to give him the the connect. And then, of course, we did see at the end of the episode that Mecca sent uh, him a text saying that he wants to meet uh, Lorenzo. So finally, you know, I look forward to seeing how that uh, interaction will go down in the next episode. But just, you know, when you when you saw Lorenzo come back into the picture and you see how much power and control he has over what's happening with the family dynamic, I think that was something that we needed to see. We also finally learned that he actually has been locked locked up for 10 years. So that definitely explains why uh, Monet uh, was feeling uneasy about him returning. That and, of course, what she has going on with Mecca right now. So I thought it was great to see that. I thought it was great to see that he sees bigger things in Drew's future. And, and of course, you, but you do see that Drew is going to continue to have these issues with uh, whether or not he wants to pursue his relationship with Everett or he wants to pursue this other lifestyle entirely. Because you saw in this episode that uh, Lorenzo asked him to tell the guy they are, they are intending to take out. And I believe he already had plans with Everett that he had to cancel because of that. So I'm very curious to see how that situation is going to escalate. We do know that Lorenzo was, is accepting of his son. He knows that his son likes other guys. That was made clear because I, I I felt like we didn't really know any of that information because we didn't never saw those two characters interact until this episode. So, yeah, I thought they answered a lot of questions. Uh, and the other two quick points I will mention about Lorenzo, we saw his dynamic with Diana. The fact that he is definitely set on, you know, giving her an education because that's what she wanted. Of course, she didn't get everything that she wanted because she wants to be up there with Tariq not at uh, the other school that they have her going to. So we'll see how that plays out. She was a little disappointed to hear that, to hear that news. Um, But yeah, we'll see how that plays out. And and finally, of course, you know, obviously he doesn't suspect what's happening with Monet yet, but clearly, you know, being challenged by Kane, as far as now that Kane figures that he should be the one who should be the right-hand man next to him, but he's still fighting for his son Drew to be the one that takes over it just it leaves a lot of questions as to how this is going to to turn out. Uh, so I look forward to seeing that. And of course, you know, Drew calling the shots, suggesting to Lorenzo, you need to take out this guy because he is a threat. This is just starting to see Drew become the character that uh, we thought that he would eventually become. But again, as I mentioned earlier, he's going to continue to have struggles with trying to maintain the relationship that he has with Everett as well. So we'll see what happens. A definitely a great episode to really give us the full picture of Lorenzo as a character and how he impacts the entire family. So excellent job. So the, the other takeaway is uh, I like what they did with Tariq in this episode. I know a lot of people thought that Tariq was going to be locked up for a long time. And as we had said on this show, you know, Tariq is the main character of the show still. So there's no way he's going to be locked up for a long time. I, now, I will, I will admit, it was, I was surprised to see him get out this the same episode, but it made sense. And how he pivoted right after that, because, of course, you see, you know, he finally had a conversation with Braden. 
They had their back and forth, and I believe now there is going to be trust and loyalty between them. Uh, he cut off his relationship with Lauren, which I feel is going to have some uh, very negative uh, side effects for Lauren. You know, we'll see how that pans out. But also, um, which I thought was interesting, is he got back with Effie in this episode. Now, oh, Effie, yeah. Effie, obviously, they have this business relationship working together. But now, you know, it, it's, it, I don't know how that's going to pan out because, um, I mean, I feel, I feel like if Lauren or Diana see him with Effie, they're, they're going to take that a certain type of way. So we'll see how that escalates over time. But again, I, I really like how they had Tariq pivot in this episode. And I thought it was just a very well done job for the writers to end the previous episode with Tariq getting that controversial letter from his father. <laughs> and then at the end of this episode, he burns that letter. So that's great. I still don't don't understand all the hate for ghosts, but uh, very well <laughs> done to continue that narrative of how much resentment he has. So that's a good job. And uh, the final takeaway that I do have for this episode is now we have this whole situation of Lauren and Carrie going back and forth, which I thought was very interesting because, you know, Carrie, she worked so hard to make sure that Tariq went down for this. But you saw in this episode that it is going to have consequences because, you know, she tried to continue to have a class after all this went down and nobody wanted to talk about anything having to do with the schoolwork. They want to talk about what happened with Tariq. So, and you saw that Tate got involved and helped Tariq to get out, which again, he is a man of influence, which again, they said that word <laughs> in this episode, influence. Yeah. Yes. To remind you great, that. With, with great coming. emphasis. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> to, to remind you that his show was coming. So that was awesome. But yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, I'm curious to see how this situation is going to turn out because now that Lauren knows that pretty much, you know, Carrie is sleeping around with Zeke, that cannot be good information. And once she shares that information with whoever, that could mean the end of Carrie's job. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to turn out. But overall, as I said, excellent episode. Uh, it makes me very curious to see what happens next week, and uh, the writers did a great job. That's that's all I have to say about the the takeaways. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, sorry to cut in there. I thought that that that, that was like everything you were oh, going to no, say. Good. But, you're good. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, even more stuff there that you know I'm going to mention as well in my takeaways. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'll let uh, Dana go go next. You know, if you want to go, go ahead, Dana. Okay, well, basically, starting off with the lesson of the day, well, basically, the, we know the whole episode was called What is Free? And it touched upon, you know, what is is freedom basically an illusion? And we have that Lorenzo is technically now free. And we also follow that Tariq is also free as well. But everything that they, you know, how you thought it would be is much different. Lorenzo comes back and he learns about the plan that Monet had. Remember, he was gone for 10 years and the plan was essentially to get, you have Zeke be the main basketball star, get drafted, go to the NBA, and the entire family would basically live off of Zeke. They would take their roles and their positions. I think Diana was supposed to do the books and, you know, everyone would be like whatever 
team that he needed in order to support him while he supported them financially. And it was made very clear that, hey, you wasn't a part of this team. Um, it was very interesting that it was um, Lorenzo went to Drew right away to find out what the plan was and how they was cutting him out. And it was really interesting. I thought that um, Lorenzo would be mad at Monet and, you know, they would have this huge, you know, scene where they're throwing things at each other kind of fight, but it wasn't. Lorenzo seems to be a guy who knows how to play everything really close to the vest. He is someone who is not very explosive. Um, he doesn't really show his emotion, you know, what he's thinking and everything, which is really interesting because if you look at Drew, that's kind of the same way how Drew takes things. He's a very kind of quiet person. There are things that are going on, but he is not the one who is the explosive one, which is going to be, um, what is it? Uh, not Zeke, Kane. So uh, really interesting that they have those kind of dynamics set up. And what was also interesting was the family dynamic as well. I think right in when the episode started, there were so many things that were going on at once that kind of told you where the battle lines within the family is going to be drawn. Right right away, you have Monet. She comes in and there's a nice huge party for Lorenzo. And you kind of see that Lorenzo is kind of sided with Diana. Diana is the one who got him out. Um, he, instead of not saying, Hey, Hawk, what about your mother? Why didn't she kind of help me? He dismisses, you know, the fact that, you know, the mom really didn't want him to come out. Oh, was the mom looking a little weird? No, I'm not gonna. Nope. We're going to still be that unit. So I really like the fact that Lorenzo is not trying to come in and break up the family, but he is taking control of the family. But the thing is, he doesn't know that the dynamics have shifted. Uh, it's really easy to say it's your time now to retire, but Monet's been doing this for 10 years without him. And the kids are so involved for 10 years without him that they can't just drop things once daddy comes home. And that's going to be a really interesting dynamic dynamic and it goes into what is free and what is an illusion of freedom lorenzo thinks that he is the head of the the table but if you look at it we have diana and lorenzo are on one team you have um what is it um lorenzo and drew on another team then you have kane and monet on another team trying to undercut what um lorenzo and drew are doing so it's going to be really something to see how everyone is going to cut into another one. And then on top of that, we have now a Mecca who is going to go against um, Lorenzo with Monet in between who's going to, who she said, saw that out, she's choosing her family. But what is going to happen when they come face to face. And before we know from the beginning, they was dipping and diving and he didn't want to meet uh, Lorenzo, but now he's like, nah, we're going to meet. And he's like, that's my boy. And what's going to happen when that illusion of family, um, it was really interesting when uh, Zeke showed up right away, the cousin and Lorenzo had him completely pat down. And it seemed like there was a moment of like, I don't trust you, even though I've been away for 10 years and Monet says that you're cool, you're that, that cousin, I don't trust you. And it was really interesting because I thought he would be like, hey, what's up, nephew? He didn't do that at all. So I wonder if he always viewed Zeke as something is not right, something's a little suspicious. Not necessarily like, hey, that's, not, that's you know, really Monet's child, but 
kind of something's off about that kid. I don't really trust him from the beginning. So I really liked how they set that up. Going back with the whole influence thing with um, the other Tate, uh, um, that was really interesting. I like how they put that line in there. You know, you need someone of influence. <laughs> I really appreciate how they did that as well. Also, what I really loved is Brayden. What I liked about this episode is, you know how we watch shows or TVs or whatever, movies, and it always seems to be like if you just sat down and everyone talked, you can work out your problems and your differences instead of things blowing up and you're getting into gunfights and it turns into this whole West Side Story situation. Brayden and Tariq had their blow up. You know, Tariq blamed him for being, what was it, stupidly dumb i forgot the exact wording but he was like he 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 was just stupid and they had this talk and they had this conversation and they were able to work it out and they came clean with each other and i thought we was going to have this huge big battle thing where brayden is going to be used and it wasn't that and i like the fact that they had them talk like mature adults they sat down, they worked out their differences, and now we have a whole nother team where it's Effie and Tariq and Brayden. They're going to do their own thing in order to get back at Monet and Kane and the rest of the Tejada family. So I really appreciate how they set that up. That was really good. Another thing that was really interesting, going back a little bit with Tate, and this goes into the other TV show that we're going to get into how the power of influence. Yes, it's also about money, but it's also about who you know and how he was able to influence that judge and to get Tate um, back on the streets. He paid $1 million in bond. He had that ankle bracelet, which he tried to take off, but didn't work. So I really liked how it really shows and it bleeds into the other shows and it gives you little kind of speckles of what we can hope and expect to come to in the future. And as just from a writer's standpoint, I love how they're able to connect things. I know we talked a lot about season one was just a little janky. Season two, I feel is very strong. And I, you can see the ripple effects of what's going to happen in the future, not just with this show, but with other shows as well. So I really appreciated that. Also, Carrie, it is time for Carrie. I think this is number three of my topics. It's time for Carrie to go. And Lauren is going to be the one to take this woman out. And I'm excited because I'm sick and tired of Carrie. Carrie served no more purpose. Once, whatchamacallit, Reynolds died, time to go. Um, she is upset about how she feels that she is being been used by Carrie. Carrie has a blind motive. Without any kind of evidence, she will blindly just go about and just attack and will not give up. And I really liked how Lauren is figuring things out with Carrie. And I thought at that there was a moment when they was in that office together and she found out, you know, hey, you're sleeping with Zeke and I'm going to tell everybody situation. That's usually where I was expecting maybe Carrie is going to like try to plot and knock on the head or do something, but she didn't. And I'm not a person who likes when people tell the whole master plan at, you know, right at the forefront. But what they did do is show that Lauren is not going to be someone who's going to back down from this situation. Lauren is going to completely go after her. Um, I like the fact that 
Tariq dumped her because now she has she lost everything and she's becoming more desperate and she's going to try to you know get back get back at uh Carrie and in order to and also try to get Tariq back now it can go one or either ways we have the whole situation with the drugs and we don't know whether or not she is going to overdose and that could be a situation where she's in trouble or she gets arrested for drugs but that's one way that can go down with her, or she can use this anger and determination to finally get Carrie and take her down. Um, um, what's really interesting, though, is Tariq is smart when he had that jail cell conversation with himself and 50 Cent, who was basically himself. That conversation where he figured out that it was also Lauren, he does not trust her at all. I don't think that is something that can be repaired. Maybe if they sat down and they talked and she explained what really happened, because as we can see, Tariq is mature. He can sit down and talk to people. But I don't know if he had such a strong connection with Lauren for them to talk. You know, with him and Braden, they build things together. Lauren, I don't really know. She kept kind of screaming, open up, open up, open up. And he just finally opened up at the very tail end. And now he ended up in jail. So I don't know if that connection they have is is that strong. But... I want to know how determined she is going to be in order to get not just him back, but some sense of she has this guilt that she has on her shoulders. How is she going to un unburden herself? Is it going to be by righting her wrongs and going to remember she went to the lawyer that was um, Sachs undercover lover. She went to the lawyer and explained everything, and she kind of turned her away. So it makes a big question of what is she willing to do or how is this going to work. So I really like how they're setting that up. And I believe that that is kind of my top three situations. So, yeah, the whole family dynamic is going to change. I don't know what's going to go on with Lauren and, you know, the lesson of the day. And also, would take, he, he got the family photo now. So we're going to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So excellent takeaways. I like your perspective on, you know, the, the infighting within the family, um, you know, with, with the Tahadas and everything. Um, so, you know, going into my takeaways, like one thing that I really liked about this episode is how, you know, how well it set up all of the future conflict. Like, because you have like, you know, you have... Tariq versus Kane, which is something they, they seem to be building up to. It seems like it's going to be like one of those ultimate boss fights or something, you know. Um, and then there's also the, you know, the Mecca versus Lorenzo. They, they're going to have to come face to face eventually. But then there's all, also these little conflicts, you know, within the Tahada family, like, you know, and it's like it, it's like it comes in pairs. So like you have, you know, you have the, uh, the Monet and Diana you know, dynamic. Those two were, were kind of beefed in this episode and, and Monet put hands on Diana. Um, and I think if, if Lorenzo catches wind of this, he won't be very happy about that. And that's going to play into the conflict between him and Monet, you know. And then you also have now the conflict between Lorenzo and his son, Kane, because Kane, you know, he he sees himself as the one in the position of power. Um, he has to connect and he, he's not ready to give that up yet because, you know, that once he gives that up, that kind of takes away his power, you know, in, in the family. 
And then, you know, you have the whole, now they're setting up, it seems, you know, Drew and Kane because uh, Lorenzo is grooming Drew to be the head of the family. And that plays into the whole Godfather thing we were talking about, you know, where, uh, you know, first it was Kane, um, which you could say, you know, that's that's uh, Sonny, you know, from the Godfather. But then, you know, the dad has a change of heart and he thinks, you know, in, instead of uh, Sonny, I think it's I think it's Michael, you know, in this case, it's Drew. You know, I think he's the one that has to take over because he's he's more calm and uh, more measured. Um, he, you know, he'll he'll think clearer than Kane, but the problem is that Drew's heart might not be into it as much. Um, and you know, we know he has, you know, uh, more of a, 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 I mean, softer side, but not because of you know, not because of his relationship, but because you know, just because he's he's not like Kane. Uh, we saw that in the first season where there was a conflict with the GT, uh, GTG people. And, you know, uh, Drew kind of froze in that moment and Kane had to kind of come in and like handle the situation. So Drew isn't, you know, he's not with the violence and all that stuff as much. So um, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see play out. So, yeah, there's there's all of this conflict that this episode was setting up, you know, and it was moving so fast as well. Uh, I feel like the story, like in the last two or three episodes, like the story is just like, it's gone haywire like it's so much has happened like it's just moving so fast it's like a whole year's worth of events in like three episodes or something but um but yeah the the whole setup of the conflict gets me excited for what's to come in the latter half of the season and then also you know the next season you know season three so that was uh interesting to see play out you know all of those different conflicts and you know the different dynamics, and you also had the um, the Davis McLean and Sax conflict, like building up too, because Sax he's still kind of thinking like like a cop a little bit because he's grilling Tariq, and you know Davis McLean he he's all about the money. He doesn't want to mess up the money, and you know he he has his other agendas as well. You know like getting his brother out and stuff, so he doesn't want to mess up the situation he has. And, you know, he, he has two people in his pockets. He has Tariq and Monet, and he doesn't want to jeopardize, you know, that money that's coming in. But Sachs, he can't get out of the mind frame of, you know, thinking like a an investigator. Um, and Dana, did you have something to chime in there on that? Because I saw you were, I didn't know if you wanted to talk or something. That was my holy ghost. Yes, you are right. <laughs> Waving up yeah. the finger. Absolutely. Okay. But in a weird way, in a really weird way, it showed McLean. Yes, we can say he he is he's wants the money and he is all about the money, one thousand percent. But he also mm. talked about how he didn't want to know what really went down with his client because they he it would shift how the how he would feel about the client. So maybe in like a zero 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 point half a zero percent, there was like a little sense of humanity there. Yeah. Or you could just say it was a really great strategy by not knowing. <laughs> but like for like a little zero zero, I kind of felt that he cared about Tariq. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think like part, a little part of him does care because, you know, even when he was talking to Monet, he, he still kind of wanted to protect Tariq a little because, because like it's a direct conflict of interest, him, you know, that arrangement he has with Monet is a complete direct 
conflict, you know, um, of interest. But he still wanted to look out for Tariq in that moment, even though he knew it was a sleazy move. Um, so I think, you know, a little part of him cares for Tariq a little bit, but um, his, his own needs, his own greed kind of yeah. outweighs it a little bit. So yeah. Because also remember the dynamic with Sax and McLean doesn't want um, Tariq to talk to Tasha. Because yeah. he would lose out the money. So I'm like, is it because he won't be able to pay you? Or because you actually want Tariq to make it in life? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that's going. Because, uh, you know, um, previously McLean and, and, uh, and uh, Sachs, you know, they've been, they've been kind of cool working together. But now it seems like, you know, there's some cracks starting to appear. And we saw how, you know, it was uh, the person uh, that, that Sax is sleeping with the DA, you know, she was, she was the, the, uh, you know, the one that was against them in the courtroom. So, um, there's that whole dynamic because he knows they're sleeping with each other also. So he probably thinks Sax is, you know, he, he's, he's somewhat, he could be a liability to him if, if he somehow gives that person the wrong information, you know, that, that could, uh, be detrimental to, to Reek. So, so yeah, that's interesting how they're uh, playing into that as well. But that's just uh, one of my takeaways. So uh, second one is um, I like how in this episode we saw Tariq kind of going from being in a vulnerable place to then at the end of the episode, he's very much in a position of power. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of, it, it played out really quickly, you know, the whole, him getting out of prison and everything. Um, and of course, we know that's because of, you know, the influence of, you know, Rashad Tate. So, yeah, um, I like I liked that tr- transition throughout the episode of him, you know, going from being locked up to, you know, by the end of the episode, he's calling shots and he, he has a super loyal team, it seems like. You know, he, he, he went through that thing with Brayden, of course, because... You know, Brayden did kind of breach his trust a little bit. He lied to him about Kane being in the room. Um, but they both they both kind of lied to each other a little bit. But they came clean. And now it seems like their friendship is is strong, stronger than ever. So um, I think there's a lot more trust, a lot more solid foundation there between those two. And then Effie kind of, um, you know, she showed that she is loyal to Tariq. So I guess when she was talking to uh, Diana previously and telling her not to date Tariq, I guess maybe it was because, you know, she kind of still felt away for, for Tariq. Um, so yeah, she, she came back and she showed her loyalty and everything to Tariq. And now, you know, it seems like she she's ride or die for him. Um, and we saw that, you know, he even sent her to go meet Monet and everything because uh, he's on the ankle monitor. So, uh, so yeah, like Tariq's transition in this episode was great. And what I liked, uh, I know Richard brought this up as well. Um, you know, we, they, he, they, they brought up the letter again from, from ghost. Um, and you know, the way he burned the letter at the end, it's like, it's like a sign that, um, you know, he's, he's burning away his ties to, you know, ghost legacy. You know, he's starting fresh. He's, he's creating his own legacy now. So that's where it seemed like, you know, in this episode. Um, and, you know, that that makes it more exciting to see where this whole Tariq versus Kane thing is going to go, because that seems like, you know, what the, the big, the major conflict of this series now is going to be. You know, it's going to it seems like it's going to be those two. 
Um, and I do have a question about that, you know, later on. But, um, uh, and one of my takeaways was going to be about, you know, how Lorenzo is grooming uh, Drew to, to take over, but I kind of brought that up already. Uh, uh, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So we can get, you know, to our question segment, you know, because after those takeaways, we're going to have a lot to say. Uh, but what's up, Dana? I just, I just wanted to shout out to the judge for realizing that black lives do matter. Oh, yeah. And he yeah, is an ally. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's an ally with a, with a, with a big wad of cash from from uh, Tate. Yep, yep. Yeah, he's an ally. Exactly. <laughs> what was you going to say? Money. You going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. When money talks, he is an ally. Yeah. <laughs> that whole speech was like you know. Woof. <laughs> yeah, it he, stops he, today. Racist. He ended racism on that day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that, but but yeah, <laughs> it it was a big uh, change of heart. So, so that's good. But um, but yeah. So, uh, before we get into our questions and discussions and everything, I just want to remind people again. You know, please like, comment, and, and subscribe. Uh, this is a free show. You know, we 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 do this. You know, we we take the time out to do this show and everything like that. So if you if you really you know like the show, please support it. Um, and you know, we we love to see all the comments. We love to hear all the thoughts from the people and everything. And we love to chop it up with all of you about power um, and you know all the different TV shows and everything. Um, and also take some time to check out you know some other some other content on the channel. Uh, some of that stuff we're going to talk about later because it relates to power. So, yeah, just a, a friendly reminder there. But, uh, yeah, so questions. So um, first one I have, you know, the Tejadas were a big part of this episode. Lorenzo getting out. Oh, uh, I hope, hope Rich is okay over there. <laughs> but, yeah, so the Tejadas... You know, uh, they were a big part of the episode. And, you know, after telling, um, after Kane told his father that he is the plug and everything has to go through him, you know, and that he's not introducing him to, you know, the plug at this very moment, it seems like, you know, Lorenzo, Lorenzo, you know, I guess he understood that Kane wanted to keep his position and he kind of, you know, he kind of uh, brushed it off a little bit in that moment, but he's, we know he still wants to meet the plug and everything like that. Um, and Mecca originally said that, you know, he told Kane, I don't need to ever see your father. I just want to deal with you. But then, you know, we saw first, firstly, Monet had a change of heart and she came to him and she said, uh, you know, um, we can't do this anymore. You know, I got to look out for my family. Uh, it will be better if we never see each other again and you can't meet Zeke right now. So once Monet said that, Mecca had a change of heart himself. And then he sent, you know, he sent Kane that text message and said, you know, um, I'm willing to meet your father now. Set up the meeting. And we saw Kane, you know, he read the text message. His father was behind him, you know. So the question is, you know, do you think Kane is actually going to set this up at this point? Or is he going to hesitate, you know, about that? Because he's feeling himself a little bit. He's, he's 
in a position of power because he's the one that the plug is going through right now. So do you think he's going to like maybe hold back and not not set up that meeting? Or how do you think he's he's going to handle that, you know, in the next episode? So um, I guess uh, we'll go with you first, Dana. What do you think of that? Well, the whole thing really de- it depends on how much Kane is trying to prove to Lorenzo. Um, remember, he he's trying to be the number one and prove that he's more worthy than Drew. And one of the things that was the common thread throughout the show was Lorenzo saying, well, then give me the connect. If I asked you for something, give it over. So I think that he is going to be more willing to trust not trust, but to give him that connect in order to kind of gain trust from Lorenzo or at least attempt to. Uh, Lorenzo seems pretty dead set on having Drew be number one, but we're going to see, I feel we're going to see Kane try to do more for his father when he demands and requests things. Um, What's going to be really interesting is how Mecca is going to use Kane against Lorenzo, I feel, maybe, in order to get back at Monet. <clears throat> but at this moment, I do feel that he is going to step up more and instead of being argumentative with Lorenzo, is going to probably do more things for him in hopes that he will get Lorenzo on his side. But I think that his bigger thing is going to be with Drew because no matter what Lorenzo is dead set on Drew being number one. And that's where the real drama will come into. Mm, okay. So you remember, think he kept, of... remember he kept Lorenzo kept saying, you're lucky. You're my son. I think he would have killed him by now. Yeah. So, oh yeah, for sure. I wonder how that dynamic is going to come to play and how he's going to cross his father and how willing Lorenzo is going to be to keep that line straight between this is my son, but this is also kind of my business partner. It's a, it's a lot of shades of gray with this because in order for, I feel in order for Lorenzo, in order for Lorenzo to be head of the family again, he's going to have to put everyone in their place. And that may end up, crossing crossing Kane over. Maybe it ends up being violent. So I, that's what I'm wondering. There's a strong possibility of some violence, I'd say. Um, but, yeah. Um, what about you, Richard? What do you think of, uh, you know, the, the whole Kane uh, setting up the meeting? Is he going to do it? Or is he going to be a bit hesitant to do that after receiving that message? Oh, uh, I think uh, Kane 100% is going to, to do it because Mecca is the one that told him, I changed my mind, set up the meeting with Lorenzo. I believe he is more loyal to Mecca right now than Lorenzo because of their working relationship and because he feels as though that he is trying to align himself with Mecca. And they both think the same because you recall when he had the conversation with Mecca, and he told him that he was trying to keep the connect for himself. Mecca was proud to hear that. So I guess you could say Mecca is sort of like a, a father figure in a sense to Kane in a sense of someone that he actually enjoys working with. And he, he cares about what he thinks as opposed to what Lorenzo thinks, because this episode told us that Lorenzo is looking at Drew as the next one to take over, which I also will add 
I find a very interesting dynamic because if you recall earlier this season, uh, Kane is the one that was teaching Drew how to shoot a gun. So the whole dynamic of the the brother going against brother, I find it to be very interesting because there's going to be some drama with that as well because you know that Kane still feels a certain type of way about it, you know, basically the mantle being handed over to Drew instead of himself. So we'll see how that goes down. But to answer your question, Gary, I 100% think that he is going to listen to what Becca had to say. And then at that point, it's going to be about the shock and surprise that Monet has when it is finally revealed, oh, Mecca is is the contact. Oh, is is is, is the connect, rather. That's what, that's what it's all about right now. But, yeah, I think Kane is definitely going to listen to Mecca and, and do what he says. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you said something uh, real interesting right there that uh, relates to the next question, you know, Monet. <laughs> Monet. But uh, let me just add my two cents and then we'll get right into that. So, um, yeah, um, yeah, I do. I do think for story purposes, I think uh, Kane will give up. You know, he will set up the meeting. Um, I'm just wondering um, if, you know, because they could, you know, they could stall the whole, they could try and, you know, um, build up some hype around the whole uh, Mecca and Lorenzo thing. They they could, you know, delay it for a week just by having, you know, Drew be the one to meet him first. Like, you know, they could, like, like Dana was saying, you know, Lorenzo might be like, you know what, Drew, you need to step up. I'm going to have you do the meeting, you know, with the, with the connect, you know, and then everything is going to run through you. And then maybe, you know, Lorenzo doesn't meet him till the next week or something. But, you know, that would be too much of a stall out, I think. So I think next week we, we might actually see that face-off happen between uh, Lorenzo and Mecca. Um, so I think Kane will do it. And like you said, you know, uh, Richard, Mecca is the one, you know, he's in the true position of power because everything is coming from him anyway. Um, so, you know, if, if Kane and, I'm mean, sorry, if Kane decides not to set up the meet, you know, Mecca could just turn up, you know, he could just like approach uh, Lorenzo or something like he, he, he has the position of power, like he can choose how this goes, you know? So yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably see that next week. Um, and, you know, so going right into the next thing, you know, the, the true, uh, true question there is whether Monet, you know, will be a part of this because at some point, she's going to find out, you know, that the plug is LaDante, like the same person that she's in love with, that she was having, you know, this, this fling, this, you know, the situation with the situationship. Um, he is, he is one in the same Mecca and LaDante are one in the same. So do you see this happening, you know, around the same time that, Lorenzo meets Mecca, you know, um, Monet finding out that Mecca is the plug. Like, do you think it's all going to be connected and she's going to find out at that moment? Uh, what do you think, Rich? That's a very good question. Uh, and I think that that's something that might be stalled if they were to delay it. But it, I mean, it's a brief delay. The thing is that he made it very clear he wants to meet Lorenzo. We know Lorenzo is now saying that he's fully in charge now. And Monet doesn't have to do anything. So I kind of feel like because of that, um, you know, 
he's I, I really don't think she's going to be the one that she's going to be able to see get this information at least not in the next episode i could be wrong because i feel like the other thing here with mecca is that he also told her he was going to go ahead and introduce himself to zeke because he was not going to wait for her to do that anymore so she is going to be preoccupied with that situation also and that may prevent her from finding out at least right away that he is the connect but it depends how they want to play it out but uh for now, I think it's going to be a situation where it's going to be Lorenzo who finally gets to meet him. And that, again, makes it all the more dramatic that the two men that supposedly love Monet are working together. And yet they don't know about how the other, the other how, how each other one is actually involved in the relationship with Monet. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, that was a, that wasn't explained correctly. I'll just say this. Uh, yeah. Um, Mecca knows that Lorenzo is the husband. He's involved. Uh, Lorenzo does not know that Mecca is messing around with Monet, and it's, it has a past with her. So he'll be the one that'll be surprised. But I, I don't think Monet is going to find out yet that fast. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I would like for it to play out how you explained it just there. Like I would like them to stall Monet finding out a little bit so that we get that whole dynamic of. Lorenzo and Mecca, you know, kind of working together and just seeing how their uh, business, you know, works together, like how they how they conduct business together, you know, without knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see that dynamic for a little bit before the whole explosion happens, because there's a lot of secrets here, you know, like yeah. um, Monet doesn't know that Mecca and LaDante are the same person and Lorenzo doesn't know that she's, she was sleeping with him and, and had a whole child with him. So, yep. so yeah, there's a lot of secrets to come out there. So I, I want them to kind of play with that a little bit before we get the final kind of reveal and everything. So, and uh, uh, one, one last thing I do want to add to, is that the other wrinkle in this plan is that in this episode we had a very controversial conversation between Diana and Monet. So Diana mm-hmm. knows that Monet is hiding something. So yeah. she may find out at some point that Mecca is the person that she's been talking to, and then that brings it full circle. <laughs> then she has to deal with that also. But Monet yeah. is definitely going to find out. It's just a matter of how soon she's going to find out. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Hmm. There you go. Uh, Richard's got the right of brain too, you know. He's, <laughs> he's got yeah. it down. Um, but yeah, Dana, uh, what would you think about that? Like, uh, how soon do you think uh, Monet is going to find out that you know Mecca and uh, Dante are the same? And uh, and we'll throw in as well how like how long until they find out that Monet was sleeping with uh, Mecca as well. Here's the thing, and this goes back when I said about Lorenzo's personality. He's not a talker. He doesn't wear his emotions out on his sleeve, and neither is Diana in that sense. Diana is the investigator of the family, and she's the one who's in the back, really quiet, and she's observant, and she sees everything that's going on. And she was the one to figure out, you know, the whole thing with mom doesn't want dad to come out. Why is that? And she fed these this information, and she said it very calmly to Lorenzo. I don't think Lorenzo is a person who's going to really be like, ah, nah, you're joking. I think that that's maybe something that he says, but in the back of his mind, his wheels are turning. 
and coupled that with the fact that Lorenz that um, Drew told him about the ten year plan that didn't involve um, Lorenzo to cut him out in order for them to just go up and leave to wherever, and I'm going to assume maybe never contact Lorenzo again in that sense. It's, it's, um, I think that he is suspicious to begin with, and so is Diana. And him and Diana both together, they're a team. And this is when I think they might end up finding out together or feed information. She's going to keep feeding information to him. Um, he doesn't look like he's going to be the one who's going to feed it to his children because that just doesn't seem like there's a certain boundary that he doesn't seem to really cross with his kid, especially when it comes to family that, you know, parts of the family that you, that may be, you know, secret or you try to, you try to protect your children from as much as you can. <clears throat> you can tell them about the drug life, but not about the fact that mama may have an affair. <clears throat> Sorry. So I find that to be really interesting there. I think that Lorenzo is going to know, but when he finds out, it's not going to be that, oh my God, he's going to play really close to the vest. He's going to be like, you know, really proper. Hey, hello, how are you doing? And they're going to end up being friends. I feel in a way, that they're going to end up working together. They know what they know separately, but they're not going to tell each other what they know. Monet is the one who's going to later on walk in. Like, you know how you, you, you like, when she walked in the house and she saw that, that Lorenzo was free and everyone's there partying? That's what it's going to be like when she comes home and sees, like, oh, it's Lorenzo and Dante. Just like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, what's up? Here, they count money together. That's what it's going to be. And I think she's going to have that same expression that she had at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> you look at this episode. The entire episode, Mary J. Blotch was just disgusted the whole way through. From the beginning to the end, she's in the bed. Even with the fact that the, she didn't get any blueberry pancakes. So they were already cutting her out. And she's already feeling this sense of abandonment. So she's going to she's gonna feel extra angry now when, when they end up becoming... Um, fake buddy buddy friends i think that i hope that they don't figure it out right along i don't want it to be like in the next episode we're you know the best friends i want it to be maybe like uh two episodes later um just to kind of plot things out and to plan things i it was really interesting you had with mecca watching his son zeke play basketball outside you know, he's like, screw everyone else. I'm going to go and and I'm determined to do what I'm going to do right away. And I feel that I don't know. My thing is, I don't know who's tricking who at this point. I don't know if it's Mecca tricking Lorenzo or Lorenzo going to be tricking Mecca. They, they, they're they both very smart people. So that's what I'm more interested in, in knowing is who's going to fool who. But either way, Monet is going to be the one with the uh, face the, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Great points there. Um, it, it's going to be like, you know, it's going to be a lot of drama and it's, it's very entertaining. I can't even lie to you, you know, like, uh, usually, you know, all of this drama, you know, with families and stuff on TV, it can, it can get played out very quickly, but the way they've, they've set this up, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, how all of this is going to play out. Cause it seems like they're leading up to like a big disaster with this, this family. So, you know, uh, I, I can't wait to, to see the whole thing play but out. The, the more important question is, what is Kane going to do? Because Kane mm-hmm. is the one who truly doesn't know anything. And Kane yeah. is a hothead. So who is he going to take his anger out on is the real question. 
That's right. what I'm wondering. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up. This could actually push him to go with Lorenzo. Because if you look at this, you said, my mama lying to me. This man who always knew he's lying to me. The only one who I can probably trust is my daddy. So then that's because right. once you have Kane, I think that's where you have more of the power. Because Kane is the crazy one. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, Kane really is. He's like the dark horse of like every situation and and like every storyline, every story thread in this show, he's like the dark horse behind it all. You know, he's the dark horse behind Tariq's situation, the Tahadas, you know, so a lot a lot of weight is on Kane and how he'll he'll react um to certain things. Um and that brings me to the next question, because you know, depending how this plays out, is it, it could affect, you know, the other situations. So you know, we know that, you know, Tariq, he, he hasn't been acquitted or anything. This case is still looming over his head. You know, he's out now, but, you know, the case is still going to come back. You know, it's still open. They're still investigating. They're still getting all their facts together and such. So the, it's not over with yet, right? So we know that Kane is the one who set him up. Tariq knows this. And in this episode, he, he was having a conversation with Effie. And he, even he said, I know what I got to do. You know, at some point I got to get rid of Kane, you know, because, you know, he's, he's the one that he, he holds, you know, this whole thing over my head. Like he knows that I killed Jabari, you know, and everything. So he, you know, I can't go on without him, you know, living because he's dangerous, you know. So um, we know that that is, is, is one of the biggest issues for Tariq right now, right? Um, so do you think that, you know, the way this season ends, do you think Tariq is going to try and kill Kane or will he find a way to pin his case on Kane? And then, you know, Kane will maybe end up in prison, prison for a while. And then, you know, that will put him out the way, um, of the Tahada situation as well. So it could maybe like, depending how the Tahada thing plays out. It could, you know, kind of solve two problems depending on what, hap- what happens there. And, you know, maybe someone from the Tahada family will even assist Tariq in doing, doing that, you know, or will they just straight up kill him, you know? Um, so I want to ask you guys how you see, you know, Tariq kind of getting rid of this problem um, with Kane uh, in this season. So um, I guess I'll go to you first, Dana. What do you think of that? I think that it's way more dangerous to kill Kane because one of the things that Monique did say in the car was how much she will slaughter anyone who touches her son. And I genuinely believe that you don't want some kind of war on your hands. And if you really look at it, Tariq is kind of on his own in that sense. Uh, I do think that it's more, I don't want to say profitable, but more better if Kane does take the fall, well, not take the fall, but is set up just like he set up Tariq. It's it's very ironic and a very lovely coming back karma situation. So I would like it if if that's the case more. And then it further angers and pushes um, that isolation that Monet is feeling 
because remember, it's just her and her son that are teaming up. She really doesn't have anyone in her corner. Her daughter can't stand her. Lorenzo's kind of looking at her a little cross-eyed and saying, retire, but she doesn't want to. And I, Lorenzo's not stupid. I think Lorenzo knows something's up. Even before he was told the, the plan, I feel that Lorenzo always knew something was a little off with Monet. And it could maybe you could say, oh, maybe it's another man or some other. She fallen. She's no longer in love with me anymore. But he knows something's up, and I do feel that Drew gave her like that kind of sense of purpose and something to do. And so I really feel that if Drew is taken out of the picture, it would hurt Mary or Monet's character more psychologically. And we could really feel that sense of loss and abandonment. Um, she, like I said, she was miserable this whole episode. So I think that that would be more impactful as opposed to just killing someone. Because no matter what, then yeah, that means you also has Lorenzo's after you. Because Lorenzo, like, he's a family man, and that is his son, point blank, period. He said, I, you're really lucky you're my son. I love you no matter what. And so I feel that that would be way more dangerous to kill him. So I would like for him to go to jail. Set him up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, for story purposes, definitely, you know, send him to jail. Because then you get to build up more future storylines, you know, like, that, that becomes this whole hype of, you know, Kane maybe one day getting out, you know, and then, you know, it, it kind of, kind of has like a, a parallel to Kanan as well, because we know he spent some time locked away. And then that anticipation was there of him finally getting out and stuff um, and causing chaos or whatever. So, so yeah, I, I think, you know, story-wise, it would be good to, to send him away. But um, I do think, you know, we're, we're, we're owed a big death at some point. So it will be interesting to see how they, you know, play it out. But Rich, uh, I don't know if you, are you, are you good to, to, to talk about what you think right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how do you think uh, that might play out? Well, to start off what you just said about we're old, the big deaf. I, I know that mm. we can all agree that we do not like uh, the Cooper Sachs character, but one thing he said in this episode is correct is that, you know, when they let Tariq go, there's probably going to be someone else that ends up dead. And I think he was 100% correct about that. I have no idea who it's going to be as of as of now, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But to answer your, your question, uh, I really do like Woody McClain uh, as Kane. He's doing an excellent job as the character. I kind of feel like he's a very relentless character. So I, I, part of me does not want, want want them to rush that confrontation with Tariq uh, so easily. I mean, because it feels like once it happens, as Dana alluded to, then it is an all-out war. And I kind of want to see this play out for a little bit longer. We know that they have all these other dynamics that they are also throwing into the storyline as well. Like I, I recall last week, Gary, or rather the last PowerCast we did, you made mention to the fact of, you know, we had that whole scene where uh, when uh, Kane stopped by the dorm, he had a brief interaction with Lauren. Well, now that we know that Lauren is officially done with Tariq because Tariq threw her to the side. Uh, what, what I mean, I mean, it's it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility that something could happen between Kane and Lauren in the future, because it's just like. There are a lot of dynamics that's going on between these two characters. And, of course, as we saw in this episode, 
Tariq is playing it safe and smart not to try to do anything because he has the police monitoring him with the ankle ankle bracelet, so he can't do anything reckless. He Could he set up Kane to get taken out by somebody else? Absolutely. But I feel like as a power fan, you you want to see this confrontation between these two characters. I just don't think it's going to happen that quick. I could be wrong. Like maybe that's what happens at the end of the season. And then all of next season, it throws into everything into a disarray. And then Tariq finds himself up against the entire family. That could happen. But one thing I will say is one other thing that I did find interesting is, again, the same episode, last the last episode of Power, when Tariq showed up at Mecca's place and got beat down. And then, you know, of course, we, we had that whole back and forth where, once again, Kane lied to Mecca. I feel like at some point, Mecca's going to find out the truth about that. And that puts a bit of distrust in their relationship as well. So it may not be a situation where we get a chance to see Kane and Tariq because Mecca might, might actually have to take Kane out at some point instead. But I think, again, I, I do think though, they know that they've been, they've been building up this tension between these two characters, Tariq and Kane. And I feel like as a fan, I want to see that play out with those two going toe to toe, but I just don't think it's going to happen that quick. But again, they, a lot of things do happen fast in this show, so it would make for an exciting season finale for this particular season, but I guess we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But I kind of think it's going to be hard for Tariq to really get physical and do anything because he is being monitored now. So yeah. we'll see how it plays out, though. Yeah, I, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, um, Kane, if anything, Kane should maybe, you know, take take the rap for the murders and sit down for a little bit. Because yeah. we, we know we know power has creative ways to get people out of prison. You know, they got Lorenzo out and everything. Um, so they, they could get him out at any time. And that builds anticipation. But, you know, just for fun, um, you know, the way I would see, you know, Tariq trying to take out Kane, you know, if he wanted him dead or whatever. Um, so we so he knows that, you know. Braden and Kane were doing things like they were doing robberies and things and they have a friendship now. They, they, they've been like doing things together. Right. Yep. So like, and we know now that Tariq told Braden that he killed, you know, Jabari, he, he confessed everything. Um, so I could foresee, you know, maybe, um, you know, there's a situation like there's a, a scene where, you know, Tariq kind of grooms Braden and, and like maybe Braden's curious about how how it feels to kill someone or how he does it and then Tariq will tell him you know his state of mind when he did it and then he kind of tries to um you know manipulate Braden into possibly taking out Kane on one of their robberies or something like that like you know um um you know he I, yeah go ahead Oh no! I I, both, I, both of you were going to say something. It seems. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll make a quick comment, and then you can go to Dana. I just was going to say that is a possibility, but I want to make this comment since you brought up Braden and, and Tariq. As I mentioned earlier, they they had a, a reconciliation in, in this episode, but the yeah. one important detail is that, you know, yeah, Tariq told him everything except for the fact of, of what he about the fact that he needs that 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 book. He, he needs oh, access. Yeah, yeah. He needs, he needs yeah. access to those photos, but he didn't tell him why. He said, "Oh, it's part of my case." He <laughs> does not know that that's going to lead to Sweeney going down. So yeah. that right there is something. Again, Tariq is still in control of that situation. 
And I'm curious to see how Braden will feel once Sweeney is impacted by that, how that's going to make their whole dynamic. I mean, is he still going to remain loyal to Tariq or is he going to try and maybe slip up and do something against Tariq? I don't know, but that's, that's a whole other thing that I find it interesting how Tariq was very careful and calculated with that conversation where he said everything to Braden, but he did not tell him that information about Sweeney. Yeah. So we'll see how, where that goes. Yeah, and, and Dana, what was you going to say? That's what I was going to bring up because it's like oh. what he's doing for, he's looking for a controversy. Concert, sorry. Controversy. Had, yeah. <laughs> yep, had the shot, a little loopy right now, but he had the cold. Jesus is a biscuit. What I'm trying to say is the reason why Tate wanted the book is because he wanted to bring Sweeney down in some big whirlwind of controversy. When those pictures. When he gets a hold of those pictures, those pictures are going to the press, just like we've seen with Anthony Weiner and everything else. They immediately go to the press and the Twitter and everything else. That means they will easily be connected to that book and Braden. So I'm wondering, what was the end goal by not telling him the real reason why he needed that book? Because he's going to get, he's, you know it's going to fall back on Braden because in the family or whomever is going to look like, where did you get that? Where you know the the photo came from the family photo album. What's going on, Braden, or anyone else in the family? It's going to be like, well, how did the photos get out? And Braden himself is going to know exactly how those photos got out. Now, the real question is whether or not Braden will care, because he did have this whole speech to Monet, where he said, "This is finally something that I'm able to do without my family knowing, without me relying on my family." So, and we also saw from the very beginning that he was still kind of disgusted about his his family. Remember when we saw the big fancy car, and you know, and, and everything else? He was like, oh, "I'm so sick of this." Is that that's the moment of truth for their friendship, or whether or not Braden? does not care at all what happens to his uncle or does not care at all, you know, by tarnishing the name and knowing that he was the one who got the pictures to give to Tariq. Or is he going to be completely angry about this whole situation and Tariq not explaining things to him? So that is what I just wanted to bring up because I don't know what is going to go on. Yeah. Yeah. You both make a great point, you know, that uh, because although it seemed like, you know, they put everything on the table and told each other, you know, their secrets or whatever. Yeah, that is still something that he didn't tell Braden about. And that, you know, it's going to it's gonna be interesting to see how that affects Braden when all of that comes out, you know, with, with the Sweeney thing. Um, so, yeah, it seems like there's, there's some more potential conflict that can come between those two. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, interesting ways they could go about telling these stories. So, um, yeah, the, the next few episodes definitely going to be crazy. But um, I do have uh, one more question here, just for fun, you know. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, we we see the the dynamic now between Braden, Tariq, and Effie. Um, so you know, I wanted to ask you guys, you know, if you in any way see any parallels here you know with um before you know because we know of the history of jamie st patrick tommy and tasha we know that they have this long history together 
that goes all the way back to their college days. So do you see that as like a parallel now with the younger generation, um, you know, being Tariq, Effie and uh, Brayden? So um, go ahead, Dana. What's your thoughts on that? I never thought of that until you brought it up at all so uh that's gonna be a really interesting dynamic do you, do you but, think um, it's intentional or, or at all or just like you know well, just... now that you mention it uh, yeah it could be intentional i just never really thought of that so mm. like yeah it makes complete sense and then and you could see you know diana not diana sorry effie is really smart in both the streets mm. and, and in the books and she knows how to navigate both worlds really well so I never really thought of that. She seems a bit smarter than Tasha. So, uh, yeah. And then Brayden's a little hot. Yeah, now that you say it, I completely see it. I never thought of it that way. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much of that is is intentional. Uh, I do know that uh, Courtney Kemp, you know, she does she does like to play around with things like that. Like she does like to, you know, have little Easter eggs and references mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, even going back to the Godfather thing we talked about, you know, she, uh, she mentioned that that was, you know, intentional. So, so yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thing. I noticed, you know, how that, how that whole thing worked out. Um, because, you know, with Lauren, it, it seemed like, it seemed like she didn't really fit the Tasha type, you know, it was like a different kind of uh, archetype, I guess. Um, but if this is what they're going with, with these three being like, you know, the the team, then yeah, it does draw a lot of parallels. But but I don't I don't know if that's going to be the standard um, for the rest of the show. Like there there could be some sort of split up, or you know, um, and we we know that Diana wants to to go to the school also. So you you don't know how her relationship with Tariq is going to play out in the future either. You know, and if that's going to affect anything, but yeah, for the moment, it definitely, I, I definitely kind of got, you know, um, not flashbacks, but I, I like when I saw those three together, I kind of got that feeling of, wow, this, this very much reminds me of early power with, you know, Tommy, Tasha and, and, and uh, Ghost. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Uh, but what about you, Rich? Do you think that's an intentional parallel or or anything like that? Yeah, uh, much like Dana, uh, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it. And instantly, when you mentioned it, I thought about when they had at the end of the at the end of season six that whole monologue back in the day where you saw Ghost, Tommy, and Angela as teenagers. Uh, I know that we're not going to we're possibly not going to get any more backstory on Ghost, and that's fine. That's fine. They don't, they're not going to mean maybe you'll see him show up and raise a cannon at some point. But uh, yeah, it makes sense that that's what they were going for with this dynamic. W- one quick point that I do want to add, though, about uh, Effie's involvement. We also know that Effie has been working closely with Diana. And I'm very curious to see how that situation is going to play out now that she's also working with Monet. Because Monet may not may not know that the Effie already knows her daughter and has been doing stuff with her. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to impact either relationship moving forward. Once Diana finds out, she may feel a certain type of way about that whole situation. I mean, I mean, I I, I don't really know how that's going to go. But again, that's what one of the strengths is with the writing, because it can go in so many different directions. So I look forward to seeing 
how they're going to explain that story moving forward. Mm, there you go, right there. That's something I didn't think about. You know? Yeah, because uh, <laughs> there, there is there is that whole dynamic too of uh, you know um, Effie. You know she she kind of you know she was kind of close with Diana for a little bit, so I'm sure she knows a bit about her and her family and what she's been dealing with. So yeah, that could definitely come into play. And you know they're teasing this whole thing of uh, Diana possibly getting into the same school, so um, I'm wondering how that will impact the, the trio as well. You know, particularly with Effie being part of the mix now. So, so yeah, uh, very interesting stuff. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's all the questions I had. But is there anything else at all that you two wanted to to bring up? Um, you know, before we get to to what Dana has to talk about, you know, with the content and everything. But is is there aside from that? Is there anything else about the episode you want to bring up? Uh, I was thinking. No, no I, I mean, yeah. I, I I think I think the episode was once again. I think it was I think it was a very good episode. Uh, it, it set up a lot of a lot of things. The whole family dynamic. I, I thought I thought that was very well done and. It makes you curious, as Dana, you know, she said it better. I think she, I think she said it best earlier in the show, where she mentioned how they're splitting up the family into teams. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with that. Obviously, it's going to be a lot of bad things that do happen, but I'm just curious to see how it all plays out. But yeah, I thought it was a great episode. I'm glad to read to see that Tariq is free. Uh, obviously. He's going to be a little bit more cold-hearted like his father now. So I look forward to, to seeing him go off on more people as well. But, uh, yeah, great episode. Looking forward to next week's uh, show. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Dana, you had something? Yeah, um, one – oh, there we go. Okay, so one of the things – it was stupidly disloyal is what Braden was. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Stupidly, stupidly I thought that was just a great way to describe Braden, just in general. He's a good friend. He means well. He's a little stupid though. Um, but um, that was really interesting, and also the part about the whole course correct and how who's going to be running course correct now. Um, we have to wait and see how that whole dynamic is because now Monet knows what's really going on and Lorenzo knows and everyone seems to know and they're like, oh, it's a stupid idea. But I think if you don't sleep on that course correct because it's, it's been pretty good to them. And so it's just, it's interesting to see if that will end up coming into play and whether or not people who will find out more about course correct. And that will, that's the determining factor to get everyone down at this member at the school to bring the school down also. Is that also another yeah. thing that we, we have to look out for as well? Um, and also the fact that Tariq has that ankle bracelet on. So I wonder, you know, the, he kept saying the cops are really looking at you. So I wonder how is this is going to affect his movement? I know he has Effie and Braden, but just overall in general, when you realize, you, you know, something can't get done correctly unless you're actually involved in it. I wonder if that will kind of impact Tariq. And what he can and cannot get involved with until that ankle bracelet is removed. Because remember, Effie couldn't take that off, which is really interesting. Because if you tamper with the ankle bracelet, it was supposed to go off to let the people know that you're tampering with the ankle bracelet. But that didn't happen. Um, another thing really quickly was the fact that um, I, I'm just really interested in seeing Braden is now the one who's going to be setting up Kane and remember he knows everything and what is he, he the information he's trying to get on Kane and how that will work will he still pretend to be like that disloyal stupidly disloyal friend you know 
play the innocent, I don't know anything that's going on card, but really feeding that information back at um, Tariq. So that's another thing. And then also we have Effie working with Monet, uh, even though everyone can't stand each other. So that, that's also a really interesting dynamic that I can't wait to see how they touch upon. And that this kind of seems to be like everything, you know, we just have to wait and see. Will Zeke, maybe Zeke will befriend Dante and and not know what's really going on. Zeke right there is you know, always, you, who's that man in the car always staring at me as I'm playing? So I wonder who will introduce themselves to whom. And that's another thing that's going to be. And will he tell him right away, hey, I'm your, your daddy? <laughs> like how? My whole thing is, yeah, everyone's like, oh, the family. I'm really concerned about how is Zeke going to take all of this? Because your aunt is now your mother. And then the, the random basketball, maybe he could be like a fake basketball recruiter, is actually your dad? <laughs> What's going on? So yeah, I, look I do think – I do think Mecca will approach him like super casual, like, oh, you like to play ball, huh? I like to play ball, too. Like, just super casual. I don't think he'll, like, you know, tell him right away, but I think he'll kind of, like, ease him into it, kind of. Mm -hmm. And also, really quickly, um, Drew's boyfriend, he's going to have to cut ties with his boyfriend, but I wonder, is he going to go quietly into that good night? Like, what is really up with that boyfriend? Because he knows things. Remember, Monet is like, I don't care that you're gay. I don't really care about the relationship. My issue is you got too big of a mouth. So will he go away or will he start using that mouth? Maybe Drew is the one who's going to have to kill him. And that will be like the big test that's going down. We have the test that's going on with, what is it, Kano? Remember that whole thing that he set up? With he's going to be the one that's going to tag him and follow him around in order to bring Kano down. But my thing is, what's going to happen with the boyfriend who talks a lot? I don't think he's going to go away that quickly. So that's just another yeah. thing that we have to look out for. And also, um, what was it? The guy who was taking pictures? No, not the guy who wanted. Was he the guy, the guy who wanted to take pictures with Lorenzo? Was it Little Guap? I'm not sure. All these names. There was a lot of things going on in like the first four minutes. Yeah, that's him. He looked Little so Guap. familiar to me. Like I felt like I seen him somewhere and I don't know where, but um, I I wonder. We know that Lorenzo. That was just another sign of Lorenzo being really careful. Like I'm not posting up on no IG. Why you have your phone on? You know what's really going on. So I wonder if someone in the crew or something is gonna sneak like a little picture or something in order to warn someone else. But it's really interesting that they brought that up. By you know, but it's also well, a little fine. great thing. I was going to say what I find funny about that is because um, cause the same situation happened with Mecca and Mecca like kind of beat him up or whatever or roughed him up. Mm -hmm. So so it's yeah. funny that that Kane would even do that, you know. Bro, broke his finger. Bro, broke remember, his finger. That's, a, that's like a new school thing where you always like flashing your money and your jewelry and look, here's the dead guy. I just killed him. And you take a photo for the gram and then you wonder why you're in jail the next day. So it's like, it's a generational thing. So it shows how Lorenzo and Mecca, because they're from that same generation, think alike. So I appreciate that. That was another thing. So yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> okay. Yeah, excellent stuff. So so let's get into, uh, you know, the content you have coming up. Like let the people know about the interviews that are hitting the channel, you know, this weekend. So this weekend at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, both Sunday and Saturday, we have a full cast interview with Raising Canaan. So that's book number three. Um, 
They're going to talk about everything that went on in the first season, the transformation of their characters. It's a lovely discussion. It's a roundtable situation um, with the the main cast. So we have people from uh, Haley Killjoy, who played Jukebox, and of course we have Kane. We also have Sasha Penn, who is the showrunner and the executive producer. There's also going to be um, Omar Epps is in it. Um, the Patina Miller is in it. So basically the whole main cast of Raising Canaan, they're going to talk about the show, what was going down. And then on Sunday, we have a lovely little tiny small segment where Sasha Penn, the producer and showrunner, gives all of the details for what is season two. He spills all the beans. He talks about where they're at in filming, which character is going to go where, how all of the pieces are moving together, and that they, you know, they have the whole season all mapped out. They do, I think, believe they're two thirds into shooting. So they're almost done. They're almost wrapping up. So he's going to just sit down and explain everything that you can expect from the upcoming season. So it's going to be really fun. And we have that. Cool. So, yeah, some, some, some more power related content to check and, out. And, you know, and the links will be below for like reference they don't go up until sunday but the links are there it's a premiere yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll add it we'll add in the links but yeah definitely go uh go to the channel check that out as well you know um after you listen to this um so yeah that's pretty much our show for for this week uh we will be back again next week to cover episode seven you know of uh power book two ghost season two but yeah, this was a real fun episode. A lot happened. Uh, definitely want to hear from the people, you know, see what you guys got to say in the comments and everything. So be sure to drop those comments and let us know your thoughts and theories. Uh, we'll get straight to our, you know, final words and shout outs now. So uh, Dana, any uh, shout outs? Just shout outs to everyone who listens to us. Uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Cool. And how about you, Richard? Yeah, I definitely want to thank everybody for commenting, liking the last several episodes. Uh, definitely feel free to let us know your thoughts on this episode. If there's any topics that you are interested in us discussing further in future episodes. And yes, thank you for the continued support. We look forward to coming back to you again next week. Indeed. Uh, I hope you uh, feel better as well, Rich. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. Um yeah, and uh, I just want to give a big shout out to, you know, all the supporters, all the people who have reached out, you know, uh, all the people who commented and everything over the holidays. You know, big shouts to all of you. Shouts to Kwame, Robert Silva, you know, big supporters of the show. You know, Rainy J, um, you know, Nelly Mac. I saw they came back. You know, they've been long-time listeners. So, uh, yeah, uh, just big shouts to, to, to all of you guys, you know, and then also to, to YouTube find people as well um, for being involved in the show. So, yeah, uh, but that's it. Um, we'll be back next week. So, you know, everyone take care of yourselves. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you next week.